Hello and welcome to the unofficial, unsanctioned women's UCI cycling show. My name is 45 Minute Dan and with me as always is my dear friend 45 Minute Sarah. How are you Sarah? I'm alright, I'm, 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 I'm on a deadline so if it's even more rushed I apologise, it's all my fault. <laughs> it's, it's not really a case of fault but for those playing along at home we're setting ourselves a challenge, we're actually trying to keep, I dare you to guess, the podcast today to 45 minutes because Sarah does have to rush off to a string of appointments because among other things she is shortly off to the Women's Tour of Britain. Sadly, sadly, my appointments are more about my uni deadline that's in, oh my fucking God, oh my fucking God, exactly. <laughs> oh my fucking God, no, 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 oh, no rants, no rants, no rants, you're a maximum of three rants and three fucks per rant, I think are the rules. Okay, cool, I've done so, one, cool, brilliant. Yeah, so that's one, well, alright, cool. Let's just get on with the racing, because this Big week, this week, yes, Borsalay. Borsalay, Borsalay. Now, Borsalay is lovely. I love this race. It's it's in Zeeland province, in um, the the kind of on the coast, on the north coast, on the North Sea coast, sort of the, in the southwest, northwestish coast, isn't it? Sort of south, southwest. It's like it's it's basically land reclaimed from the sea by those clever Dutch engineers. And when you go on Wikipedia, it says Borsalay is most famous for a nuclear waste dump. <laughs> <laughs> But as, as so many places are, Chernobyl, Fukushima, um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, where should we build our nuclear waste dump? Let's build it somewhere that's below sea level. Um, yeah, clever, clever. Well, at, at least you know that, um, that, that they've got proper emergency procedures in place. Um, interestingly, it will be if we find that races are springing up in the, the aforementioned uh, locations. Borsalay, uh, also a race that riders really love. Um, it, it's an interesting one because it's, it's in that classic Dutch, Dutch tradition of races that, um, that are massively influenced by the wind. Um, yes. And, and it's, yeah, huge impact. Yeah, um, Borsley, so the Borsley weekend, it has the Women's Elite Road Race, which is the biggest event, but it has an ITT on the Friday. Yep. It has a three-stage junior women's race, which is lovely and amazing because, you know, the junior women get to, cause, because it's laps race, mm. the junior women get to ride the same roads as the elite women. Yeah, and we've, and we've was, talked about that before, how nice it is um, for them to get that experience of not just um, riding the same roads, but actually the the interaction and affinity and in, in intermingling with the uh, the elite riders so very yeah. very cool well curious um ellen van dyke um ellen, so it's the first stage was a time trial now this isn't a uci time trial and there have been time trials in things like the vuelta costa rica and the vuelta el salvador but this is this was the first time trial of the year season in europe and although it's not a UCI one, it's run by the Dutch Cycling Federation, and it's kind of one of those ones where they look at who to support and who to, you know, look out for. And it was, and it was Ellen Van Dyke's first chance to wear her rainbows. Right, right. And so we obviously know that there was no incentive at all for her to put on a good show, uh, no. which explains she, why she soft-pedaled the whole thing. Did you see how many rainbows she was wearing? Wasn't she wearing all the rainbows? It was like, you know, you know the the double rainbow internet meme. She was like double, double, double rainbow. You know her back wheel was like, you know the, the yeah. I did wheel. see that. That was very cool. The solid wheel with the rainbow. Yeah. Yeah, zoomy rainbow. I love I love Ellen. See, Ellen won with two specialized Lululemons. Actually, specialized Lululemon in second, third, and fourth, and at least one other in the top ten. Hey, um, have, Sarah, have we ever mentioned how specialized Lululemon seem to take time trials and team time trials seriously? 
I know, I don't know. I don't yeah, no, it's weird. I think maybe we should that? mention that sometime just so people understand because, you know, that they, they <laughs> like the trials of time. Um, yeah. Um, the Junior <laughs> Women's Time Trial stage was stage one and that was won by Jean Corovar of the Netherlands with Grace Garner and Melissa Lauver, both Brits in the second and third. And then, so Saturday starts... And it's the uh, and it's the and it's the first you know stage two of the, for the junior women and Ellen shot the firing pistol which I thought was lovely. Well, you know, honestly, it, that would be one of my ambitions. If I were a pro cyclist at all, one of my ambitions would be to to you know fire the starting pistol, um, possibly at my greatest rival. So probably a reason why I wouldn't be allowed to. But yes, yeah, there's so many reasons why I wouldn't let you near a gun. I know. Um, <laughs> <and> <laughs> That's unfair. I'm very safe and responsible around guns. Yes. Let's just put it this way. I'm never going to test you on that one. Um, <laughs> yes. Yes, so, because you're too so afraid to come to Australia. So, yeah. So yeah, well, I, I doubt you have a gun in your Sydney loft penthouse apartments. That's true. I do, not, I do not. Uh, whoa, I do not overlook Bondi. I'm not rich. <laughs> Jeez. Although, anyway, if, you, if you'd like Bondi's, to pay me... Bondi's or... overrated. Where would you live in Sydney? Yeah, Bondi's, had... Bondi's full of British people and New Zealanders. It's, you know... It's... So where would you live? Where would you live in Sydney? Darlinghurst or Paddington. Awesome, okay. awesome places. So are they, are they, are they harbourside places? Is that no, your... no, is no, no they're not actually. They're, they're just off the, the southeast edge of the city. Um, but, you know, good access to beaches and, and the, the inner city if you want. But, you know, just nicely that, that very very edge of the city suburbs sort of sort of area. It does make me grin that Paddington... Did you say Paddington Basin? No, no, no. Darlinghurst and Paddington. Yeah. Anyway. Um, <laughs> um, uh, You're yeah, just so picturing Paddington Bear in, like, with a cork hat, aren't you? No, I'm actually picturing where you walk around the streets of Paddington in London and the station. So, ha ha. Oh, right. Anyway. Piled so up in filth and used needles and whatnot. Sorry, porcelain. Yes. <laughs> what did you know? What there's only one thing that people need to do to find out what happened in Borsalay, isn't there? Well, watch watch the highlights videos. Are a good way to do it. So no, you know, no, or visit or visit way. your post on Podium Cafe and see everything to do with the race. No, there's something. There's a better way. Well, you know, I'm out of options. Then I think I think you're gonna have to school me. You have to read Chloe Kosking's race report. Oh, well, yeah, but, I mean, that's that's one way to get one particular view. I mean, you know. I, it's brilliant. I really, really like the way Chloe writes. I really, I, really... You know, the thing that really impresses me about Chloe's writing is that she balances, like, this great tradition of just telling a good yarn, like, like rocking a story out, with... Including all of the, the right details and the salient details that you want on how a race unfolded and what decisions were involved and, and stuff like that. She, she really does do a great job. Um, yeah. Look, the, the race, the road race, basically boils down to five laps of a 24K circuit. Um, and as, as we mentioned at the, the start, it's very, very much dictated by the winds. Um, so the the winds on the day uh, were forcing echelons. Um, people are rolling through. Lots of it's a women's race, so surprise, surprise. Lots of attacking, lots of attempts, but nothing really stuck. Um, and and mostly that's just because the wind was was too disruptive, and and no team was really, I guess, I, I can't think of a better way to word it. So forgive me, but no no team was really committed to gambling everything on that attempt. Which you know is a perfectly defensible tactic cho tactical choice. Like I'm, I'm not 
calling anyone into question for that. Um, but what it meant was that it really didn't heat up until the last lap when, um, you know, Specialized Lululemon started started attacking quite aggressively. Um, Ali Stucker, um, Warren Rowney, Chantal Black, all, all sort of went for it at different times but didn't quite get uh, the main thing, uh, you know, didn't get enough of a gap and, and didn't get going. Uh, and so it looked like it was heading towards a bunch sprint and, um, giant Shimano was, was definitely, um, starting to, to gather at the front and, and get organized because Sarah, who's, who's the person, if it's going to come down to a Dutch sprint that, that, you know, you, you kind of reasonably would expect to, to win a tour of Qatar style race. Well, you know what? Kirsten Field has won this one about five times. So, like she I said, a tour of Qatar Star Race. Yeah, yeah she, she, didn't, she, didn't, she didn't win last year because she, yep. um, she basically was involved in a huge crash and broke her, col- uh, broke her shoulder and still finished 20th. Um, yeah, because yeah. um, she, she said that, you know, her, she said it hurt a lot, but her director mm. told her to get on a bike. So she carried on riding and yep. finished 20th and then got off her bike and was like, what? Why did I do that? Why did I do that? Ow, ow, ow. Hospital, broken shoulder. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And so then, um, you know, Rabo were, were gathering at the front as well. So it looked like it was going to be a, a showdown between, you know, the two sort of powerhouse teams. Uh, but then Ellen van Dyke and Annemiek van Vleuten sort of uh, managed to, to get a bit of a gap. And the the problem is, Sarah, that when a rider from Rabo Live and a rider from Bowles Dolmens both get a bit of a gap, and the two teams that are two of the teams that are on the front are Rabo Live and Bowles Dolmens, what happens to the peloton? Do you think? Well, this is the thing because both the Orica report and Chloe's report basically said. Rabo and Bowles were literally blocking the road. Mm. And Chloe's talking about how some of the riders, um, Peter Mullins from Wiggle, I think, and um, Gracie Elvin. Was it Gracie Elvin? Yeah, from, um, yeah it was Gracie. Not fast. And Chloe was like, yeah, that's riders who are good at mountain bike. They're basically yeah, yeah, off-road. Yeah. And, and, and that's the thing. Chloe, her blog has this great moment where she's like, you know, oh, this is bad. And then basically winds up going... Um, going off um road like like riding up the the grassy side of the road to get around the uh the the teams that suddenly lost motivation to to drive hard at the front shall we say and strangely we're like riding i mean i don't know what i agree i don't know what i think like you know on the one hand oh it's a little bit bad to kind of be riding shoulder to shoulder and blocking the entire road isn't it but on the other hand who can blame them well and 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 also where the fuck are they gonna go you know we're talking we're talking dutch roads and and, these aren't american style super highways where they're yeah as long as as long as my view on that is as long as they're not actively obstructing someone like as in you know changing lines randomly and and elbows out trying to disrupt people then you know i think it's fair play Um, yeah and also someone like chloe i i can imagine that if she's going past something like that she's definitely giving throwing out an elbow on the way past yeah yeah exactly she's making sure that nothing's nothing's getting in her way um so yeah yeah. So you end up with this small group. So this small group on the front at Borsale. How many people was it, was, it roughly? Uh, it was about six girls, I think. So there was Kirsten Beals, um, Audrey, uh, Cordon, Cordon um, Chloe, Ellen, Ellen um, Gracie. Gracie, and uh, Peter, Peter. And Peter. So... so then, and this is an interesting thing because Borsale so often ends up as a bunch sprint. You mm, know, basically... Mm. 
I mean, and when we talk about bunch sprints in women's riding, right, racing, we're not talking about the entire peloton bunch sprint. We're talking about a bunch sprint of about 35 to 50 because everyone else has been yep. shed. So it's kind of like one of those things where it's kind of, oh, right, they all got there together. Uh-uh. No, they no, didn't. No, no. Everyone, everyone fought their own way across, and then a couple more did join. And in the end, I think the group was actually up to up to around 15, maybe maybe 14 or 13, yeah. but a- around that. And um, and so and this is this is still with about seven k to go. So we're in the ten k mark, which you know it's the business end of the race, but there's still a bit of distance. And so there were still girls trying to attack off the front and try okay. and you know try and try and get a bit of a gap and go for it. Um, and no one could really make it stick. Again, the wind, you know, it was a major factor. I mean, when when you've got wind that can actually hold up entire teams. It's incredibly difficult for an individual to actually get away. So yeah, and this is because it's so flat, and the wind. There's nothing in because it's so flat. There's mm. nothing in the way. You know, this is. I don't even know what they grow on this land apart from nuclear reactors and cycling races. But you know, this is like this is this is just one of those things where it's just you can't. You, this is this is you know it's coming straight off the North yeah. Sea and it's not it's not friendly. Yeah. It's not like some gentle little little breeze that you get you know when you're riding down a country lane in Britain with high hedges. No, so yeah, so it's it's yeah, so, so yeah. basically comes so, down. Leading into the conclusion, and, and at this point, I do actually want to jump over and just read you the the last little bit of Chloe's blog because she describes it so well, and and you know honestly she was there, so <laughs> I'll trust her take on it over mine. Um, you know, so it, while a few girls tried to launch off the front in the final few kilometres, it was all together as we flew under the one kilometre to go banner. I was nicely positioned on Veal's wheel until things started to get a little tighter. Audrey rode up to me at the perfect moment. Riding up on my left shoulder, she said, Chloe, and took me to the front. We were in the perfect position. The wind was blowing right to left, so we were protected by the other riders. Audrey was able to keep lifting the pace until those who weren't so keen on a bunch kick started to play their cards. With about 800 metres to go, Ellen Van Dyke opted for the early sprint, something that suits her time trialling ability, but Veald was directly on her wheel, and I was directly on Veald's wheel. Veald's wheel. Say that a hundred times fast. (laughs) Ellen eased up, and then Anameek went. Veald chased, and I was still glued to her. Then it was like everyone eased up. It was a headwind sprint, and no one wanted to pull the trigger too early. Like a game of poker, everyone waited. I didn't want to go first, so with just under 200 metres to go, Veald launched. I was still tucked into her wheel, and as her speed started to falter, I jumped out and came over her. Crossing the line first, I clenched my fists and screamed. I had wanted to win this race ever since I came fourth in 2009. And... Honestly, seriously, I, I defy you to watch the video of that finish and see the photo of Chloe literally fist clenched, screaming, and not feel chills when you read that. Because man, it's, it's so chills. obvious how much she she loved it. And on the video, you can hear her screaming like she was so fucking happy. Um, she's well, she's had she's been having a really hard time mm. with this. She's, well, she's that's, the, that's the other side of it. I mean, we've talked a lot about her blogging, but the, one of the key features of her first few blogs was about how she was mystified because she kept going in these races and her legs were basically turning to shit and, and yeah. not understanding what was going on. So, I mean, this is a hell of a way to, to come back big. So, yeah, 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 and you know, and and she does it so well. The teamwork, the thing. I mean, I just think because Chloe, if they're going into a headwind sprint, and Chloe's not very tall, and mm. Veald is very tall, 
So, you know, that's, that's like the best place, the best yeah. place in the whole world for her yeah. to be. Like, yes, talk yeah. about conservative energy. Absolutely. No, so, so obviously we're going to link it, but do take the time to read Chloe's blog because she actually tells you the whole story of her first time. 2009, the reason she said she wanted to win since she came fourth in 2009, this race is really special to her. Borsalais is actually the first race that she raced in Europe. And, yeah. um, and she came fourth. Um, so obviously that's a huge moment for, for and that was, a young woman that, hitting Europe, her first race out, and she came fourth. And yeah. this is also Chloe. This is how Chloe did Europe as well. It's really important because she didn't come over with the Australian national team no. or anything like that. No. She basically, she said she wasn't the best rider when she was 18, you know, when she was mm. 18, but she left school. She wanted, she thought instead of taking a year out and traveling or whatever before she went to uni, she'd take a year out and try bike racing. So she got herself set up. And this was an interesting thing, actually. Um, I interviewed um, Annika Todd, who's a Canadian rider, and she mentioned that she'd been staying with Harry van der Horst, mm. a, um, a, Dutch, a, a Dutch guy. And, and Chloe mentions Harry as one of the people yeah. who she stayed with when she first started. Yeah, Harry and Chris, um, two guys from the, the Dutch club that, that Chloe first joined up with when, uh, when she arrived. Um, yeah. and, so that's, and that's... That's really, you know, like, so, so, you know, it's, it's, there's, there are these people in women's cycling, you know, I've never heard of Harry van der Horst before, mm, mm. and then I've heard him twice in two weeks. Exactly, and, and week. Chris Rue, um, you know, and, and even things, it's a great story, Chloe tells how Chris knows all of the roads in every race and everything, and, and on her first day he told her that, I'm Luke van Borsley, make sure you're at the front and on the right-hand side at three kilometres because there's a tight 180-degree corner, and how that's her one bit of advice that she's used every year since then with whatever team she's with, you know. But, but you know, it, it's those kinds of things, and, and it's beautiful because it gives you this, this amazing thread through multiple layers of the sport, but also through her history over the last, you know, five and a bit years now as a, as a, a writer in Europe and and stuff. I, honestly, take the time, read that blog. You will not regret it. <laughs> so, Borsalet was one. In a junior Borsalet, both stage two and stage three, I mean, it's very funny. They've got a live ticker, so you can read exactly how the race unfolded, yeah? Um, which is lovely, but it's one of those things where you're looking at the little junior girls. Sorry, I know. Sorry, I don't need to be patronising and call you junior girls. That was terrible, especially after I just told Dan off using the word girls. The junior women, um, you know, their <laughs> sports in good hands because all they did was attack too. Um, but stages two and three, it's flat, it's sprinty. Both of them won by Amelie Diederichsen, the junior world champion. And this is interesting because Amelie also won the junior. Trofeo Binder, which has hills in it. Yes, that that she that's going to be interesting. Well, the, the thing that the thing that I find interesting is because um, not so much that the terrain's different, but that the 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 abilities that you need to have to win a race, you know, like like Binder, where you say like as you say, lots and lots of hills, um, versus uh, a race like Borsalais, where wind. It, it, I mean, it's a very different physical experience, but it's similar to cobbles in that it requires a lot of consistent power. Mm. And, and so what that says about the kind of rider that she could be turning into is really interesting. Yeah. And um, in, in, in a bit of Britwatch, um, Grace Garner won the entire race and every jersey, except for the team jer the, the best team jersey prize, which went to the Belgium national team. Um, Grace Garner, of course, is 
two times junior world champion Lucy Garner's little sister. Oh wow! Okay. Yep. So yeah, so that was yeah, so that was intro. That was very interesting. I like that. Mm, mm. And then on and there's videos. There's the Borsley is great because there's you can actually relive the whole race. They've got lots of photos. They've got finish line videos that they you know they they basically stick a camera on the finish line and and and, and tape it. Yay! Why doesn't everyone? Yes, I know. <laughs> yeah. Well, if if we've got time left, to, you know, if we get to forty no, minutes and we've uh, run out of stuff to talk about, I've got interesting things to say. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, Sunday was the um, Dwarves Door, the West Hook, West Hook, um, weird race. It's kind of back into back into Flandersy territory, you know, proper, you know, climbs. I think in Kentweb Elgem territory, basically. Mm, mm. But they have a couple of really, really vicious categorised climbs. But they're all at the beginning of the race. Um, but <laughs> it was won in a solo breakaway by Anna van der Breggen of Rabobank. Rabobank yeah. and live. And it's actually, I think they've had a team meeting. I reckon, this is my theory, all right? Rabobank live, listen to our podcast religiously because it's fucking awesome. And why wouldn't they? Um, <laughs> but they've heard us speculating that, you know, the team really wanted, you know, and had set priorities to win um, independently of, of Marianica. And um, and while she was away, that they really wanted to, to prove themselves. And so what they've done is, you know, they cracked that walnut. And so now they're just like, well, fuck Dan and Sarah, let's just win everything. And yes, it's, it's really interesting. Because after Lucinda Brandt won, won Energy stage and then the overall, which they raced so well as a team. And then Paulina, mm. Pauline Fran Prevot winning... I'm so happy. Flesh well on. I love that win. I, Apart the 26, from not being able to see it. Cause no, the, 20, the 26 for. minute. Do you know what's interesting? The 26 minute video from the UCI is out. Mm. Um, and it shows. And although, you know, within this 26 minute, there's five minutes on Arica and there's probably 10 minutes on, you know, there's 10 minutes on the, um, on the, the, you know, the, the kind of the, the interviews at the, at the free yeah. race and free yeah. race interviews and stuff. But uh, but what they do show is they show a lot of the sprint after Linda Willemson escaped at the end. Yeah. They show a lot of the sprint, and they show pretty much the entire murder wheel climb at the end. Yep, yep. Uh, which so that's... which is good. It's just you know I, I, I know. I've done research okay. and I know about you know the efficiencies of live streaming. I'll just shut up now. Okay, Bye. we can do that another day. We don't have forty-five minutes just. To yeah, no, exactly. That's that's an hour of ranting on yeah. its own. So, so <laughs> Dan um, did yeah. maths. <laughs> so congratulations to Anna van der Breggen who won um, who won ahead of Yolien de Hur and Lucy Garner because she couldn't have her little sister winning all the glory. Oh, that week. I love I love sibling rivalries for exactly that sort of reason. It's one of the reasons that I love um, Nettie Edmondson and her brother Alex is because you know there's this perpetual thing as to which kid's the favourite at the family table. So. <laughs> that's not actually true they love each other but i like i like making that up so yeah yeah and also in england there was the cheshire classic which is a really good fun race there's going to be a video out of it actually oh really and that, yeah and because they always Ooh. have really good videos but you know it's they they're, they're it's a lovely race it's hilly it's fun and it was won by katie archibald of um the pearl azumi pearl azumi sports tour international i can't get their name right you know every time i think i know what i'm talking about pearl azumi boot up breast cancer pearl azumi madison press Look, boot up to, but I to no be idea. perfectly honest pearl azumi are very busy they're doing a lot of things and they change their name every four days 
Yes. Well, Katie, Katie Archibald, you might know her as being a track um, world champion, yeah. bright hair, multicolored hair, one um, ahead of Hayley Jones in second. She's the daughter of Louise Jones, who's a British um, uh, sprint superstar, okay. and Laura Trott in third. Right. So, yes. And well, um, okay. Nick Juniper of Pearl Azumi again bringing home the bunch um, in fourth. So, yeah, so Pearl Azumi first, second, and fourth. Pretty bloody good for them, I'd say. Yes. Um, Gab- Gabby Shaw in seventh as well. Yes. Yeah. So, as soon as we find the video for that, we'll put it up. We won't put it up this week, but, uh, but when I've got all the video and photos, I'll, do I'll put it all up together because, yeah. Sure. Um, other stuff this week. Well, look, honestly, um, mostly because I want to use this as a lead-in for something else that I want to talk about at the end, um, how about you catch me up on all of the poisonous trees slash darts slash snakes slash spiders slash crocodiles slash land sharks slash drop bears slash death death kangaroos slash, you know, death tapes slash death rocks slash death cans. Mountain you know what? It was, it was the Cairns Mountain Bike World Cup, and my favourite favourite. I've put a post of videos on it, but one of my favourite things that they did was in the Eliminator, which is the first event. They have this really good idea that they're experimenting because the, the mountain bike is experimenting with um, onboard cameras, basically, and they've got mm. permission from the CI to experiment with onboard cameras to see how they can get better coverage. And honestly, you know, mate, you can get such amazing footage from from particularly mountain bike. It's a discipline that really lends itself to it because yeah. line and positioning is actually really, really important to I, to how you tackle things. So yeah. I love I mean on Red Bull before each downhill they have um Claudio Calori <laughs> does he does these spectacular sweary downhill <laughs> previews of the course but the thing that's really interesting is when they're jumping it just looks perfectly smooth yeah, it's like this yeah. beautiful little moment of smoothness but so they so they thought okay with the eliminator we'll do this but unfortunately because cairns is a rain forest <laughs> <laughs> to be fair it actually <laughs> it actually is there was a cyclone and we're in, the other week and so. we're in rainy season <laughs> also true as i mentioned there was a cyclone there the other week so yeah there was there was a lot of rain, so the so the best thing about the onboard footage they had it on Catherine Sternerman and Yolanda Neff's head. <laughs> All you can see is splats of mud. <laughs> <laughs> and then in the tiny corner of their GoPro, <laughs> a oh, little no. bit of Oh, it's no. the best thing. So, but yeah, so so um, yeah, um, Alexandra Engen won the eliminator ahead of Jenny Rizvets, um, Swedish. You have to basically come from a country beginning with swa, because it's um, Engen and Rizvets of Sweden, and Neff and Sternerman from Switzerland. <laughs> so well, swa, well that's that's the secret to Cairns' success, not necessarily the secret to success in mountain bike. No, seriously, in the Eliminator, they, they're, the, they're the top four. And, yeah, that's it, basically. that's it? When it comes to yeah, Eliminator, so, that's it? Okay, fair enough. Yeah, so um, then we had the downhill, and this really was downhill in cyclocross conditions. Like, I could oh, not... No, like, look, what, sorry, I, I think that undersells it a little bit, to be honest. It was downhill in, like, diabolical cyclocross conditions. It was just awful. And, I mean, the course... The interesting thing was the course dried out over the course of the day, yeah? So, mm. you know... Um, so real advantage and the other thing that's interesting about mountain bike right they have the top they have the junior men and then they have the top 10 women then they have the women and then they have the elite men and so the elite men benefit from the from the ruts basically yeah, and, you know yeah. the ruts and the line 
Yeah, everyone else has, has cleared the mud out of the way and, and it's dried yeah. out a little bit and they've got lines established for them and all that sort of shit. Yeah. But, I mean, that's, to be honest, Sarah, um, and forgive me if this sounds sexist, but that's only fair because we all know that men are not good at finding their own lines. <laughs> oh, my God. It is true that last 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 round, Manon Carpenter was, like, faster than most of the men. And, yeah, <laughs> but this, was, this was just lunacy. And, I mean, th- there's a real interesting thing about mountain down. I love downhill mountain bike, but it's a very, very small pool. To watch. Yeah, of- Sarah is never actually allowed to go downhill on a mountain bike. I, if you ever meet Sarah and, and have a mountain bike and a hill, don't let her go down. Thank you. Yes. Um. <laughs> <laughs> no, really. I I know that sounds like a joke, but I'm very serious. I actually care about what happens to her. <laughs> yeah. So yes. Yeah, so um. Yeah. So so there is a real there's a real there's a real difference between the top three and um you know the top the top three riders who mm. are you know like like Rachel Atherton, Manon Carpenter, um, Emily Rego, and then you've got Miriam Nicole, uh, Manon, Morgan Shah, people like that, Shari, yep. Tracy Hanna, and the and the but but oh my god, just just watching because and because the course was wetter. I, I just literally was watching with my hands over my eyes going, oh, my God, because they were just falling and crushing. Um, Rach Atherton won. Um, beautiful ride. Rach looks like she floats over the course, but even Rachel was finding this one hard. I think she won because she was the only one who didn't fall over. Um, <laughs> it did, yeah. did seem to be a key feature. I mean, I remember even in qualifying that um, that riders that actually were a little slower through some of the, the more technical aspects uh, but stayed upright. Were were qualifying much faster, and I think you know what was the, what was the final margin like between first and second in qualifying was like seventeen oh, seconds or something like that. It was seconds, I think. Yeah, yeah. 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 And, and, and that's I mean, and the thing that's interesting is when Claudio went down on his bike, it was dry. Yeah, mm. I mean, they'd had the cyclone, but it was pretty dry, and it was a very fast course because you'd you'd come down a hill with a lot of speed, and then you so because it had a couple of uphill sections and the very pedally. Um, sections and, and I think it's unfair. I think every mountain bike course should end generally the end with some massive, great big jump. Yeah, so you've got the fans in the basin waiting at the bottom, and you've got the, the, the ticker over the top saying how they're doing. And they end with this huge jump, and then like a fast pedal to the end. And this just ended up with like some draggy, draggy pedal. And if your bike is clogged uh, with 10 tons of mud, ouch, anyway. yeah. Well, I so, for mine, if I was in charge of the world, they would end with a massive jump into a foam pit. So, yeah. <laughs> there are videos of downhillers doing that. So yeah, so Rach, so one by Rach Atherton, Manon in second, Miriam Nicole in third, poor Emmeline Rago who has had some shocking luck in fourth. Mm. Um, you know, she's a type of rider who who falls and gets back on her bike and still comes fourth, or yeah. like last yeah. time, punctures halfway down and 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 still comes fifth. So yeah, so interesting. We now don't but, have downhill until June and Fort William, oh, and I'm really? dead. Holy shit! All the way to Fort William. I didn't realize it was that long. I, you yeah. know, the weird thing is that that I know that you basically every year take on some form of obscure cycling that you try to convert me to. Um, and so far, downhill is proving to be the most promising. I'm actually starting to, yeah. I mean, I'm not willing to say that I'm I'm committed yet, but you know, um, and maybe if there were like three or four more events between now and Fort William in June, then you'd have a shot, but. Who knows what's going to happen now, Sarah? Who knows? 
But the men's... OK, this might make you happy. The men's race was held up for two reasons. One, a giant snake went across the course. <laughs> just, just to be clear, um, in Australian parlance, giant snake means longer than two metres. <laughs> they had them there. So every, every photographer there has got pictures of... Py you know, I looked up and there was a fucking python over my head. You know, kind oh, of... Oh, sorry. Python, uh, in that case, that means longer than four metres. Right. Here's what I don't understand, right? Yes. Okay. Every single photographer's pictures, photo set, includes terrifying-looking spiders in various colours that say, do not touch me, and um, snakes, stinging trees and stuff like that, right? Yep, yep. The spectators were walking around barefoot in giant baggy shorts. I would have been wearing waders or some kind of dry suit. Yeah. Actually, quite I, funny that you mention that because this leads into my perfect segue. Basically, I've been jealous of all your segues lately. Thank you so much for playing into my diabolical plan. <laughs> UCI Vice President Tracy Gordry was um, at the event and um, and on Twitter during the week uh, posted a photo of herself, um, you know, getting the lowdown on the course and the nuances and all that sort of thing. And one of her comments was, yes, uh, gumboots are now mandatory UCI <laughs> issue. So it's not just you, Sarah, all the way up to the vice presidential level of the UCI. And I choose to believe that had Brian Cookson been there, he also would have been in gumboots. Um, so, so yeah, probably like like three quarter, not just waist high, but three quarter fishing waders all the way up to his armpits. Um, okay. But before you segue, I just want to say that Eva Lechner, Eva Lechner won the cross country and she won it ahead of Emily Batty and Irina Kalientieva. She basically rocked it. I mean... Ever is also a cyclocross rider, so that mud and lunacy was probably just right up her street. Oh, um, the cyclocrossers. Awesome. I mean, that, that, the poisonous snakes, spiders, fish, birds, trees, air, probably slightly outside of her her daily routine in, in you terms don't of cross. You get but, those in Tyrol, but yeah. yeah. Um, so she won that, and the mountain bike, the, the cross country, and the eliminator come back in Neve, Neve Mesto in a couple of weeks. So if you like. That's all. You can watch a thousand videos. I see a look at a hundred pictures, full replays. We've got a post on our blog, prowomenscycling.com, where I've collected everything I've found. And oh my God, I found a lot. So, yeah. <laughs> if only the rest of cycling will like mountain bike. Uh, Fuck yes. Yeah. Seriously, man. Like, no, there's... no, I, I'm seriously like, I will save this for a future cast, but I've actually been helping someone else with a different project. I've priced up a whole bunch of video stuff, and it is ridiculously affordable. That's enough for now. You know what? Every mountain bike, like literally, you're going through, and you've got like three or four or five people have done have done videos from the qualifying, the yeah. Yeah. you know the the, the down. It, it's just it's just in, in, incredible. You can watch the. I mean, I know it's on a fixed course, and that you know it's easier to film oh, something yeah, on a look, fixed that course. Makes, that makes certain aspects of it easier, but it doesn't change the simple fact that at the end of the day, setting up a whole bunch of you know like setting up uh, five cameras with mobile based, you know, like three G or four G sort of based uh streaming I, I i've literally priced that up it's it's less than ten thousand australian dollars which is like two thousand british pounds so you should write a post on this darling yeah definitely yeah. well i'm i just felt like i should say it for once <laughs> i know so um segue uh, segue, yes, so rewind, Tracy Gordry in gumboots. Uh, fast forward, Tracy Gordry hanging out with the guys or girls or people, I guess, at sportsbusinessdaily.com. 
Um, I have not heard of them before, but they actually did a, a brief, you know, interview with Tracy about her position um, as a vice president at the UCI. It's actually really good, um, and and I recommend. Obviously, we're linking to it that that you read it. One of the highlights, I think, is um, that they actually talk to her about the significance of being, you know, the the first woman to be elected to the management committee, let alone being elected as a vice president, um, and what that sort of means. But also then. Um, what she sees happening with women cycling in general, and then also commenting on women's Tour de France. The standout quote to me, the one that I, I absolutely adore, um, is Tracy saying that in broader comments about women's cycling, the purpose of the Women's Commission is to ride itself out of existence in a few years and to say that we don't need to overtly focus on development of women in cycling because it's already there. To which yeah. I say... Yes. Yes, we do like Tracy Gordry. And, segue, she mentioned the Tour de France. And, of course, yesterday we had the launch of La Course by the Le Tour de France, the women's day race on the last day of the Tour. Um, it's, I guess, the only thing I can say, the, 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 the key thing I can say about the course is Kirsten Veeld. <laughs> well, when you've got a course... That I mean, forgive me. I mean, and this isn't knocking it at all. Obviously, it's on the last stage of the the Tour de France. Um, the Champs de Lisée is is the feature element of it. So when you're riding, what is it, twenty something laps of of it's thirteen laps, thirteen laps, oh, um, ninety okay. kilometers in total. It's basically a crit. Um, yes. Yeah, but um, but it's also in front of you know a huge international televisual audience and, and so I, on and so I, forth. All I'm saying is it just goes up the Champs-Élysées, turns around yeah. the roundabout, back down. Well, the it's basically, it's the last, it's it's the bit, you know how the stage of the, the Tour de France into, into Paris is always really shit boring for like three hours as they ride along and do all those stupid shots of guys drinking champagne on their bike and shaking hands through car windows and hugging each other on their bike and fucking blah 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 like boring 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 and then you finally get to Paris and the Champs-Élysées and the sprinters are like fuck yeah it's on well women's cycling in, in in keeping with women's cycling tradition has foregone all of that stupid bullshit that doesn't matter and he's just cutting straight to the bit where the cyclists are like, fuck yeah, it's on. Straight to the bit where Kirsten Beald wins. No, it's... it's, it's <laughs> well, or, to... or, or Chloe. I mean, you can't, like... Yes. Yeah. No, if you want to know how this race is going to look like, the thing I think it looks like... The, the race I think it most looks like is the final stage, the Doha stage of the Tour of Qatar. And in my Podium Cafe article, I've linked to the video so you can have a look at it. Now, of course... There's a difference between riding a day race and coming off the fourth stage of a tour. There's a difference in how you ride it. And, of course, they're going to put on a massive, great big show because, holy shit, this is going to be... Everyone wants to showcase themselves in this race, yeah? Mm. So, but, but still, I'm, I'm putting my favour on Kirsten Veeld right now. Um, okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, look, it's... I'm not going to argue against you on that point. I mean, but the, the key thing is it's going to be fucking fantastic. I'm excited to see it. And It's um... going to be live on some, like, 140... Countries, yeah, 140 women, countries, and, 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 you know, like, the women, the, the winner will receive the same prize money as a stage winner in the actual men's tour. 22,500 euros for which, winning this race. in women's cycling, if you're not familiar, is 
around about 22,500 euros more than a stage winner would normally get in a women's race. They honestly, literally, they are, this is, this is, this is mega bucks. This yeah. is, this is yeah. you know, I mean, you know, like how and, they divide. And divide I have to give, I have to give. Team, even yeah. when you divide 22,000 between your team of six and your mm-hmm. mechanics and stuff, you've still got money there. You know yeah, what well, I mean? You, well, you're... ironically, even when you do that, you've still got more money there than you would normally get from winning a, a, a women's race um, in, in broad terms. And, 1,800 euros for winning Flesh Vallon. Yeah, and, and and this is the thing. So I do have to pause and, and just take a moment to acknowledge the the amazing work done by Latour NTA, uh, which includes Mariana Voss, um, Christine, uh, Catherine Bertine, um, Christy Wellington, Emma Christy Pooley. Wellington and Emma Pooley as, as advocates, and also fair play to the ASO, who, once confronted with the realities, have actually, it turns out, taken this seriously, and I'm impressed well, by that. except the fact that one of the things they announced it as, blah, 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 and the winner <laughs> from Podium Boys, which is just like, and, you know, so you've got the fucking Guardian, which is the lefty, liberal, nice, great paper in the UK, Tour de France race winner to be greeted by Podium Boys kissers. Oh, what the fuck? The fuck? And they're only doing that so that they can get away with having, we justify having podium girls. It's just yeah, fucked. Yeah. Oh, that's well, two of my fucks and one of my No, mates. no, no. It's, it's, um, look, honestly, we're, we're so close enough to wrapping this, this whole cast up that you, that's well placed and well played, Connolly. I respect. Um, and I agree with you. Honestly, that's a bit that I was perfectly willing to gloss over because it's utter bullshit. I mean, who gives a fuck if it's, if it's boys, girls, whatever. You know, um, I think we were talking about it before, actually, and I said to you, my issue with that is that it's just the other side of the same coin, and the problem is not which side's up, it's the coin itself. Yes, and you know you know what? Go for the Cycling Victoria route, the route that the Turing and Runafart route, you know, have heroes of the sport giving the prizes, have youngsters from a local cycling yeah, club. Exactly. Giving the have have, of, have the know, kids have, of the future, have town officials, have fucking have have, have representatives from sponsors, exactly. You know, have, whatever have else. A superstar, but you know a superstar have Connie Carpenter, you know what I mean? Yeah, have, yeah. have have superstar of the Leontine Van Morsel, you know what I mean? Mm. Have someone who means something to the sport. Exactly. You know, have, have the oldest, have the oldest surviving women's world champion you can find. You know what I mean? Bring them out. Well, except that's probably long ago. Yeah. So yeah, we don't. Yeah. Talk about so, that. so maybe, but, um, maybe not. But anyway, they, all right. But, you know. Anyway. Yes. Quickly, we, we have three minutes left, Sarah, so I'm going to introduce a new concept to the podcast. Let's call this the lightning round. What else have we got? Blogs, videos, things, whatever that we need to see, be aware of, pay attention to, etc. Chloe... Chloe McConville, get well soon. She's had oh, deep vein yeah. When yeah. she launched the winning, when she when she launched when she won her most aggressive rider, when she came second on the stage three A of the Energy Water, she was doing it with blood clots on her lungs. People, yeah, and and, and bear in mind, as in this was deep vein thrombosis that she contracted on the flight to Europe, um, with blood clots in her legs, of which pieces broke off and then travelled to her lungs. She was in danger of a pulmonary embolism the kind of shit that kills you and it's one of those things that i would never expect to see in a fit healthy young cyclist um amazing obviously we're linking to it uh read up on it um please chloe heal fast and then then race hard wow and she can't she can't ride her bike for three months because Mm. if she's not warfarin if she crashes she might bleed to death yes um 
My interview with Annika Todd, she's awesome. Just go oh, and read it. She's awesome. It's and such a good interview. Either either listen to it or read it, but it is such a good interview. Do not do not miss that. Um, Cosmo Catalano, Cyclocosm, <laughs> on his weekend bike last week, has feelings about Fleshful on coverage too. <laughs> um, watch his video. I really like his weekend bike videos, and that's I, not just because he's thinking to my stuff. <laughs> Cosmo, Cosmo is one of those guys, and and you know, I, I mean, I know plenty of them, um, but he's one of those guys that restores my my faith in Americans really understanding the power of sarcasm. So <laughs> it's he's awesome. And it's great. Cyclocosm but you know, we've got again, we've got a link on our blog yep. and Anna Mears. There's links to Anna Mears. Yep. There's links to Caroline Buchanan. Go onto um, our post prowomenscycling.com we might not be podcasting next week people because I will be working the women's tour um, Sarah's working yes. the women's tour of Britain next week uh, which is important for two reasons one it's the women's tour of Britain second next week it's her birthday um, I'm not going to tell you exactly when it's Thursday um, so make sure to true. what isn't it what? anyway carry on How's it? Oh, oh no it's the week after oh no it what? is next week. You're right. Anyway, ignore Dan. It's the 8th of May. I, I'm Don't be a bastard! I'm sure it's a Thursday. You suffer! Well, and on that happy note, thank you for listening. Goodbye. I can't believe you told me it's my birthday. <laughs> <laughs>